0: So you are an assistant deputy head of a state school. The responsibility, that's the word, the big strong word, responsibility, that you have on your shoulders.
1: What was expected of a child in year two, for example, 10 years ago, is probably now what was expected of a child who was in year three or year four. We need to be understanding that that they're individuals and they'll learn at individual paces
0: have you got targets that you need to meet like performance targets or anything that you need to meet a criteria you need to meet
1: yeah absolutely so obviously every year at the beginning of the year beginning of an academic year um you'll set targets for your performance management what if you don't meet
0: your 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 target then you
1: won't get pay rise
0: how much did covid have a uh so let's start off with a detrimental impact on the uh, education system.
1: Our children spend a lot of time on screens, they, and I think slowly, bit by bit, they're probably becoming de-skilled in, in conflict resolution.
0: And would you say that the uh, the education system is outdated?
1: I understand, you know, we do live in a rapidly evolving world, mm-hmm. but when it evolves that rapidly, you're not actually letting something in bed and see the, the full on potential. What you want to do, and what we do do, is sit with that child, nurture them, talk to them, communicate with them, try and be that really positive role model in their life that potentially they're not getting at home. Happy to meet you. Nice to meet you too. How are you? Yeah, I'm fab. Thanks. How are
0: you? Good, good. Always good. I'm always good, Claire. So, Claire, let's get straight into it. So, you are an assistant deputy head of a state school. So, you work in the education system. Yeah. Now, that's a tough gig. Tell me when you first got involved in the education system and why.
1: So, I um, started university in 2004. No, 2005, sorry. I Mm. went to the University of Winchester. Um, I've always wanted to be a teacher.
0: Um, So from school, when you you, you didn't want to be at school, you're like, oh, I quite like. Yeah,
1: I've always always, um, found myself um, drawn to children. Um, I'm quite maternal. Um, So um, when I left college, I went straight in to do a four year um, primary education degree with a special needs specialism. So I did a four-year degree and then I... um,
0: Wait, a four-year degree to be a teacher? Yeah, four years. See, people don't know this. People just think you you go in as an assistant, you work your way up. So you've done a four-year degree and you specialised in what?
1: Special needs. Wow. Yeah. So there are different routes into education, especially now, I think, um, particularly because there's quite a drive to get more people into the education system and um, to have more teachers. So there there are various different ways. Mm -hmm. So you can do um, like a three-year degree, in something else and then you can do a top-up like a postgraduate years top-up which is called a pgca so you only have a year's training technically mm-hmm. um so and then also there's a, a there's a few different routes but there's another route now where you can train on the job for a year okay a program
0: yeah. okay so um when did you qualify and what was your first sort of role going into the education system um so when you're well, fully qualified you're like well i'm good to go um, what, what, how does that work? Just just let myself and, and the viewers and the listeners know sort of how that works once you get your qualification.
1: So um, when you qualify, you have to um, qualify with QTS, which is qualified teaching status. Um, so you have to pass. Yeah. Um, you have to pass like a, a program where when you go into schools, you have to um, I can't think of the word like.
0: Yeah, you have to. Uh, yeah, you have to meet a certain criteria. Yeah, in order and, to... and you
1: have to pass your. So you get placements. That's yep. the word I'm looking for. So there you, you go. You have... We got it.
0: Claire. <laughs> Placement. Love that.
1: So you you have placements, and you have to pass them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then from there, you then in your last year of university, you start applying for jobs whilst shorting the placements. That that's quite stressful. Yeah. Um, and then um, your first year, although it has changed recently, you'd have to do a first year, which is when I did it. It was an induction year, which you'd also have to pass. So mm-hmm. you would have. Um, you know, extra support, extra training programs. You get a day, uh, a week out of class okay. for that. Now it's actually extended to two years re- recently. Um, so it's like
0: a trial period. If you yeah, don't meet I the criteria, like if you don't... Yeah, probation, Yeah, yeah that's the word. Yeah. yeah. brilliant.
1: Um, So now that is for two years, but when I did it, it was for one year. So, and then at the end of that, you get a certificate to say that you've passed it. Um, And then, yeah, I guess the world is your oyster.
0: Mm-hmm. And being a teacher, I don't think people realize the stress... Um, The responsibility, that's the word, the big strong word, responsibility that you have on your shoulders. Uh, Because for me, teachers are sort of second parents, you know, we should be the teachers as parents, but I believe that the teachers take that role uh, as mentors and as teachers to further educate, but also, you know, life skills, manners, you know, respect, whatever it may be in school, that's where they spend most of their time growing up. That's where they will, their personalities will develop, their characters will come through and it's down to the teachers to make sure that that is in check, that that is in place, and that is maintained throughout the education years that they that they go through. How stressful um, is your job now? Because... You, it's almost that you are bombarded with everything and anything and we as parents are guilty of going right our children are no longer our problem they're your problem for the next 8 hours or whatever it is over to you How, what's that responsibility like
1: i mean it is it has shifted significantly so obviously i've been teaching for 13 years and yep. the shift in that 13 years has been pretty significant okay um i well, think talk to
0: me about the shift
1: i think mainly it's budget Okay. So lack of funding, lack of resources. Um, and this is
0: in state education, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it, it, it's really significant. and But also the expectation that's placed on the children. So, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the expectation, um, it was still high. Mm-hmm. But now I'd say it's probably shifted about two years. So what I mean, we are roughly speaking, but um, what was expected of a child in year two, for example, mm-hmm. 10 years ago is probably now what was expected of a child who was in year three or year four. So um, in terms of the the shift on the the pressure on the children, Mm -hmm. the pressure on the staff, um, you know, that that rapid progress, Mm -hmm. um, the amount that they have to produce in one lesson, um, you know, that that has shifted completely now. And and the pressure, the children feel that pressure. They're aware of that pressure as much as we try to disguise it to them. Mm -hmm. They're fully aware of it because you know, that's not enough work, keep going, we need another sentence, we need... And I think bit by bit, we are probably unintentionally draining their personality from a piece of writing because writing, as an example, um, before it used to be very much based on on their personality, their flair, their passion, hearing. Wow. But now it's really like... Do you have a noun? Do you have an adjective? Is there a subordinate clause in there? Is and actually training their
0: personality almost to become robotic. Absolutely, that sounds like that sounds like what you're saying.
1: Absolutely, so a a piece of writing now, fundamentally, not always, but a a great deal of the time, is is based and graded upon, um, you know, almost like a, a, a tick box exercise. Do they have these 10 fundamental skills in that piece of writing? If not, it's not good enough. Whereas actually some pieces of writing might not lend themselves to to be that robotic, it, you know what makes a different story different solutions goods?
0: for 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 the question, right? Yeah. It's like, but in education, you're saying it's like this is how you do it. This is how it should be done. Even though there are different so, um different ways to get to this solution, this is how you do it. If you don't do it this way. Then you'll be you, you you won't pass, or you'll be undermarked, or whatever it may be. Yeah,
1: I mean there is. It's very
0: robotic, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and when they're younger, obviously there is a bit of flexibility in that. But as they get older, it is more of a tick box exercise, which is you know it fundamentally, I guess the the elements of their writing are improving, mm. but the flair and the personality are slowly bit by bit. I, I believe that's probably being drained out of them, which which is is such a shame.
0: Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with the children not knowing what they can say, what they can do, especially with political correctness coming in. And, you know, peop- children are just scared to, to, to do stuff. You know, they're scared to say stuff in case they get it wrong. And all of a sudden, you know, they're being told off. They're scared to do stuff because they're scared they might offend someone. Or in this day and age, for kids, it must be so tough going into a school with multiple cultures, multiple sort of uh, environments where they have to sort of second guess. So it's probably best off for the children to keep quiet, to not be children where they used to be back in the day. I used to be able to, you know, express myself and my personality would come out, you know, I'd get told off every now and then, and then you just go, right, but I could still be me where I see it in schools now. And you raise an awesome point saying personalities are being drained. I was like, yes, they are in order to act robotic in school, get this done, ABCD, tick that box and away you go. Yeah, you've just got a tough gig as teachers. You have, we talk about, you know, the robotics of children and it must come from the top. Have you got targets that you need to meet, like performance targets or anything that you need to meet, a criteria you need to meet in order for them to we talk about tick boxing and to tick your box as such?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously every year at the beginning of the year, beginning of an academic year, um, you'll set targets for your performance management. Um, and those targets as a
0: teacher, as an individual yeah. teacher, you get this yeah. target pack. Yeah. Wow.
1: And those targets, if the chi- if you, if you don't meet those targets, then now it's performance related pay. So back in the day when I first started teaching every year, so you go up a scale. So you started on the bottom of the scale, M1. And you would go through that scale, um, dependent on your experience. So when you're in your second year of teaching, you would go to M2, and your third year M3, and, and so on. Yeah. And then you reach the top of that um, that bracket, yeah. and then mm. you have to prove that you're worthy of going to upper scale. Um, upper scale, sorry. Mm. So it used to work like that. Now mm. you don't go up the scale. You have to meet your targets that you agreed to at the beginning of the year in order to to go up that scale. So it's
0: no longer about experience; it's about no. performance. Yeah. So how does that work?
1: So that's not performing. So what if you don't meet
0: your your, your target? Then
1: you won't get a pay rise. Yeah.
0: If you don't meet your target, you yeah. won't get a pay rise. I
1: mean, so there is a little bit. What t- if you've
0: got in your class, what if you've got so many, Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but so many sort of challenges. children. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Challenges yeah. when it comes to personal life. Yeah. Like this about, say you've got or have special needs yeah. or whatever it may be. Say you've got a, a class that are, that's got more of those children in there to a class that haven't. Do you, do you still have the same criteria you need to meet, or
1: um, it does it does vary. It mm-hmm. depends on the school, and it depends on on um, obviously the the cohort that you've got that year. So, but but generally speaking, you have a target that's based on the children's um, normally on on their performance or on on grades. And if excuse me, certain children don't meet those grades, mm-hmm. um, and you don't meet that target, then you haven't.
0: So if you've got a school, if you've got a class full of little shits, for example, you know, and again, you know, yeah. there's, i put this out lightly, but you know, that's, that's got no discipline that, you know, that argues, that's quite violent, that just has learning difficulties, that just uneducated, they've come from uh, a di- abroad, for example, and, and you've got a class, surely that's in that they're, that's in it, the, they're giving you an impossible task, you might as well just go, do you know what, Yeah. F this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to try and reach my targets. And surely that that sort of degrades the standards of not only the teacher but of of the classroom in in itself.
1: it's It's tricky because sometimes you'll have a class and you'll have a target that's based on on something specific. But later on in the year, Your priority shifts because the dynamics of the class has shifted or you've noticed that there's actually something else that we need to work on here. So your focus naturally is going to shift towards what the children actually need rather than just meeting that target. Um, So it it is a hard one to call. I mean, most, you know... A lot of head teachers are really fair about it. They think, well, no, you know, you haven't done that precise or got that exact data, mm. but there has been a child leave and a child come who doesn't speak English and has never been to school before. So they are... but there are times when teachers sadly haven't had their pay rise because they haven't performed well enough according to the targets that have been set but that isn't just on the teachers Mm. the head teachers also have their performance management targets and then so it's all filtered down so if everyone isn't meeting there's going to be years potentially where, where people don't get a pay rise um and when we're talking a pay rise i mean moving up the scale because those um, Got you. figures that are actually on the scale aren't shifting anyway because that's currently all in the media about yeah. negotiating for, for teachers pays to, to increase but they don't move along that scale mm. so you could be stuck on a scale on the same salary for, for a few years
0: wow so yeah. it sounds like the the, 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 sh- the students are becoming robotic the teachers are becoming robotic due to not becoming robotic know i'm just putting it out there but you you're like right tick box boom 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 it's like rather than again letting your personalities out letting you know letting who you are your characteristics come to the forefront of your teaching of of how you manage people it's a case of wow it seems like now you've got a performance if you don't meet that performance then boom you won't get a pay. Does, does that affect teachers do some teachers look at their class and go this is an impossible task f this
1: um, very rarely. I think they I think teachers regularly look at their class and think, Oh it my goodness, this a, is a challenge. Yeah, it must be
0: a bit of a bit of frustration yeah. when you look at the class next door to you and you go, oh, they've got yeah. the dream class. I've got It this. does
1: happen. It, it does, does, yeah, it does what, happen. When no, I'm think,
0: only thinking about that because I'm thinking to myself, yeah. wow, you know, I like to perform and I like to do the best that I can put one hundred percent into my work. But then I like a bit of fairness. I like a bit of, you know, yeah. I like a you know, I like to go look across the board and go, Right, we're all at the starting line here.
1: Absolutely. We can all
0: achieve this together.
1: I think yep. as well classes so schools do it very differently sometimes schools keep their children and the classes exactly the same as mm-hmm. they travel all the way through the school some schools mix up the classes every year some do it sporadically when they feel it's needed but you never really know the dynamics when you mix them because mm-hmm. there'll be personalities that you're like oh they clash and it changes the dynamics of a class completely so it, it does happen you know there have been years where I've been like oh that you know but i guess it is what you make it and you have to put everything into it and if you have to change the way that you teach and adapt your classroom to accommodate all of those children to make sure that it's, incl- it's inclusive mm. then that's what you're absolutely going to do because that's mm. what you want you're there to make yeah. their life incredible and to educate them and, and help them for their future um so teachers do that and they do it through passion and you know love for the children and and, and because they care but um, it is, you know, it's difficult at times when you hear teachers say they haven't had a pay rise or gone up the scale, rather, because the children Same in their thing. class haven't haven't quite um, yeah. met those targets. Yeah. Well. But they've met so many social targets, or yeah, they've had exactly. so many things emotional in. emotional, yeah. emotional yeah. advances, yeah. That's not measured.
0: psychological advances, physical yeah. advances. Yeah,
1: and that, and that well. isn't isn't measured. But I guess that isn't something that can be measured statistically, can it? Mm, no. So. But it's all of those elements that actually, if a child hasn't achieved or met the targets that they needed to this year, but they've come out of their shell, they're confident. They're, yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's more important that's, in many ways. That's huge progress. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I think rather
0: than being robotic in a way where you're meeting meeting performances and boom, boom, ticking boxes, it's a case of, right, like, how is this person, person developing? Yeah. How are they, you know? How, 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 how's their emotions working? How are they coming? You know, when they first walked through the door, they wouldn't make eye contact um, and they wouldn't speak to no one. Halfway through the year, they're jumping around. They got friends. They're talking to the teachers. They're, they're polite. They've, they've come out of their shell. That's really what, me, what school is about, and then you implement the education on top of that.
1: Yeah. You well, without w- without those learning behaviours, mm-hmm. they're not going to learn, are they? No, you're they're, not getting the best not, from the pupil Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And also, I think a lot of it is that the children aren't always going to learn the same amount every year there's going to be years or periods of time terms when actually their brain isn't on full form and no matter what you put into them they're they're just not in that zone ready to learn but the next term they'll take off because they're not robots yeah they're not you know they're each individual and some will progress really well one year and then they'll plateau the next year and that and that's fine obviously there are there are children who you need to push all the time because the gap's quite big and you don't want that you want to close that gap Mm. but fundamentally they're they're not robots they're not put on this planet to learn x y and z that you know it's we need to be understanding that that they're individuals and they'll learn at individual paces and can we always compare them no because you know and they're tested a lot the children are tested a lot you know they're currently tested in year R. So their first year to school, year one, year two, year four, and year six. I mean that that's a lot. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of. Testing. My kids have a lot of
0: a lot of home They come home with homework, and I'm just like, what in, in yeah. that year? You know, I've yeah. got my kids scale from five to to twenty one, but in school five to fifteen, and the homework they come back with. I'm yeah. like, I never had that when I was. No, you know, it's no. like they're overwhelmed. It's like. And so are you. Yeah, absolutely. And I
1: think homeschooling kind (laughs) of... Especially when
0: they come to me and they go, Dad, can you do my homework? I'm like, apart from the French homework, um, no. I can do the French homework quite happily, but the rest I'm just like, I'm busy and I'm looking over their shoulder and I'm thinking...
1: Especially when it comes to things like grammar. um, Mm. I think, you know, as they get into um, Key Stage 2 and Key Stage 3, the grammar is not something we ever learn and the strategies that they use, that's beyond us. Like we, you know... But yeah, I mean, I think I, I, it's back to earlier when I said, you know, the expectations have increased so much that we even are looking at things thinking, I can't remember doing that. Or yeah. when I did that, I was 15 and they're 12. I yeah. can't, you know. And that expectation yeah. is
0: then put on you. Yeah. As as a teacher, right? Yeah. Because that's that's where all eyes are: the head teacher, the government, the parents. Everything is yeah. fired into you, yeah. the teacher.
1: And when you're stressed and you're working long hours, and you've got um, you know, a child who who isn't safe at home, and 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 school is supporting that, and you go home and you can't sleep, yeah, because all you're thinking about is is that child, like where are they what's happening what you know and and you hope that this while well, the system it, it does work well make mm-hmm. most of the time to support those children but you you don't sleep because yeah, you're worried about them because you care for them and wow. you take that home with you 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 yeah. do and you want to take them home yes yeah, and look after not them to, right? because yeah. you want to offer them the stability that you offer your own children and yeah. and and that you know all of that together how can they be how can they be expected to learn when mm. look at what's happening in their home life mm. it's yeah
0: a lot of layers Absolutely, a lot you have to strip back and yeah. listen. It takes a certain person to do that, Claire.
1: A good teacher, a really good teacher will allow and encourage both elements to be there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, it is important to make sure that they are having opportunities to express themselves really well when, when they're writing. Again, as an example, writing. But I think... They, they do feel that pressure. They do feel, because whenever you give a piece of writing back to them, if it, it, it depends on your marking policy, you know, different schools have different policies. But generally, you're giving a piece of writing back to them. And a lot of schools use, um, for example, two stars and a wish. So they mark the piece of writing. They say, I really like this that you did. So it's two elements that were really good. But now you need to go back and do X, Y and Z. So, Yes, that's improving their writing, isn't it? Because in life, there's always things to work on and there's always things to improve on. But actually, sometimes it's probably really important to make sure that we're saying to them, "Do you know what? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You, you you don't need to go and improve that piece because you've tried really hard, mm-hmm. and that's incredible. And that sometimes good is good enough.
0: Yes, and they absolutely. need to hear that. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think you know it's really important for them to have that self confidence and self belief and knowing that they've worked really hard. And it's amazing. They're yeah, six, that's or, enough.
0: You've done enough now. Yeah. That's enough of where, where we need to be right now. We don't need to push you any further. Um, well done.
1: Yeah. And, and that's so important, isn't it? For their confidence yeah. and Absolutely. further on in their life. And sometimes, sometimes, you know what? They'll just be having a bad day because yeah. we have bad days too. Um, and we need to be like, oh, do you know what? You're having a bad day. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But the pressures of, um, you know, testing and performance are so high that when that happens it's quite stressful for teachers because Mm -hmm. that's a fundamental piece of writing that's needs you know potentially needs to be used as evidence and in in a a moderator's eyes or in someone that's coming in to observe you or watch you that's not good enough
0: and that's on your head And do you feel like you're being watched and eagle-eyed all the time on everything that you teach, everything that you do, and also the outside influence that I have no doubt, you talk about box-ticking exercises, the outside influence from the modern age, from political correctness, from, you know, is, is there a political agenda that's pushed on for Um, box ticking is there a pc agenda that's uh, that's pushed on Uh, a religious agenda Uh, a a race agenda how how how's it working because you see the uk is becoming more multicultural It's becoming more um, diverse which is great but the effect that it has on trying to teach and trying to keep a, a narrative that fits all yeah how stressful is that and has it Infiltrated or not infiltrated—that's the wrong word to use. Has it affected uh, the school education and on, on how they work?
1: Um, Yeah, most definitely. I mean, for example, Ofsted. Obviously, they come in and they monitor schools and they grade schools. Ofsted, who who are they? So they are the regulators by the government. They're they're really highly trained. They come in. Generally, it's every four to five years in in schools. It depends how the school's performing. Um, They come in, they grade the school. They write a report on the school that is then on on the internet, on the government website, um, on the Ofsted website. Open um, to all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you choose for your children to go to a school, you can go and you can read the Ofsted. Report. Um, so it, it's then filtered down because then obviously it comes from Ofsted, so um, they have criteria, and then that filters down to um, local authorities, which then filters down to head teachers, which then filters down and down and down. Um, so, but Ofsted criteria have shifted so much recently that the impact on you know being being measured by that it is quite significant. Because actually, if your school is rated requires improvement that a lot of parents are probably going to be put off by that.
0: And you, it comes on your shoulders, right? Yeah. So point yeah. at you, but it's like yeah, absolutely. you, absolutely,
1: Absolutely. And we're the ones that, are, you know, you're, you're monitored. And a lot of it is to do with data, um, so performance tables. Um, And actually, it's really difficult to compare schools because you could have a school that's in a, a really deprived area where a lot of their parents, you know, have had maybe... Um, troublesome lives, or they're not particularly educated, and you're comparing those children to children who are from an affluent area who have really educated parents who might have private tutors. Who and you're compared directly to you know to each other to each other and that's that's really difficult isn't it because if you're working in a school where children are low attainers because of their life circumstances that they've been born into that school works so hard I mean all schools do but that school has to work particularly hard to close those gaps and they're being compared to schools who, Mm -hmm. who who don't have those challenges and and that you know that that is that is difficult
0: and do you do you actually see that? Do you actually see the difference of people's home lives that you know that where they're being affected from their home life, being brought into school? Is that a, a visual observation that is clear sometimes? You know, is there a clear right something's going on at home? Or, yeah. you know, you'll be you're you know, God, you've come into school a right scruff, you know, you, you come into school, a right scruff. This one here is always smart, always, you know. Yeah. And of course they're in the same year, but they're completely not Balance, not on ones above the other, but on different sides of the spectrum when it comes to home life. Absolutely. Um, is it, is it vis- visibly obvious when you, when you get into school? Have yeah, you got Any, any, yeah. any examples of, of when you when you come and you go, this is it's, it's so obvious that you're trying to bridge a gap that's impossible, really?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the government are trying to do things to support that gap. Mm-hmm. So there is, um, so there's like pupil premium funding. So... Mm-hmm. They are, you know, the government and everyone's aware of, of that gap and they're trying really hard to close that gap. But, I mean, it does depend on the school that you're in, yeah. the, the percentage of people premium children that you have, um, which, again, then affects results. And But I think um, quite often, not always, but yeah. quite often that that gap is evident by, like you said, you know, the, the appearance of the children or yeah. Or um, the stability that they're being offered at home. Yep. Um, it's not always the case, but no, no. It, you know, it is. It is evident. It's there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's important that we cover
0: this because it's there, and it's it's, it's coming from you know the horse's mouth, and we you can sort of see it anyway as parents. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. oh, we we always send our children in. You know, make sure we get up early. That they you know that they brush their teeth. That they clothed correctly, you know, children, yeah. just, they want to just not wear their blazer or whatever, yeah. not, you know, their shoes are scuffed, whatever it may be. But then there's that other side where it's like, something's going on at home, you yeah. know, you, that needs to be rectified before we can even start teaching that pupil. Because of course they're at a disadvantage and of course they're at, is there, you know, especially with, uh, us being a sort of a multicultural uh, society nowadays, is, is there language barriers? You probably have children that come over that have never been Absolutely. educated before. Yep. You know, that have come up from, from continents where, the, you know, you put them in, they don't know how to read, don't know how to write, don't know how to, you know, even look at someone in the eye and engage yeah. in conversation. Um, is that obvious around the, around the education system as well? Um,
1: yeah, most definitely. I think, um, I think... In, when I worked in London, I yeah. think that that yeah. you know the, the prime example one hundred
0: percent. It's just yeah, you know they, they, they London is known for its multicultural yeah. sort of society, which
1: in itself brings so many benefits. Yeah, um, so many benefits. Mm-hmm. But I think so years ago when I was at university, we had um we had a lecturer who, um, labelled um a can of Coke with a child's name, yeah. um and they talked about this child being a can of Coke. And um, you couldn't see that it was a can of Coke. And every time something bad from the minute they went to bed that night until the moment they woke up, something bad happened and they shook the can of Coke. Mm -hmm. So the child went to bed. His parents were arguing there was domestic violence in the house. They hadn't had dinner Mm -hmm. and they, they didn't have a bed. They slept on a mattress on the floor. They didn't have pajamas. You know, they haven't been washed. Mm -hmm. They wake up, they've barely slept. They've had a really stressful night. Um, They, don't have clean clothes to wear. They haven't, you know, all of that's happened. And every time that's happened, the Coke has has been shaken. Shaken. And then you get them to school and you welcome them in and you say, oh, where's your book? And they haven't got their book. And you're like, oh, that... And then all of a sudden, that can of Coke is opened by one small element of something that you've asked and there's an explosion of behaviour. And if you don't understand that family's background, you're thinking... All I've done is ask you where your book is, what's the problem? Yeah. Actually, that journey that they've been on in the last 12 hours, mm-hmm. you're seeing an eruption of them not coping with that. And that behaviour mm-hmm. is a form of communication.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you have to deal with that. Yeah. You at yeah. ha- a school, it's like that 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 relinquish of responsibility. It's like, boom. Yeah. School gates, we are done, we're gonna go to yeah. work. You have to deal with that. Yeah. And how hard is that? And how how much how much effect does it have on you as a teacher? To, to sort of not get emotionally sort of attached or connected to what you know is happening because, again, you've yeah. mentioned that shake of the can and, uh, you know, pupil that's come in sprightly, clean. And the, how hard is it to, to not go? There's something deeper than this, right? Oh, we need to, you know, yeah. not being able to actually go, right, del- delve into that side of, of their life. It's purely, right? Got to put my teacher's hat on here. We got absolutely to
1: don't, don't do just the education element. That don't. Will, No, Good. goodness me. That is, that is massively dealt with in schools. And, and how,
0: got- how, how sensitive is that? How sensitive is that? Where we, where we go, right, we're going to teach her into now their personal life. If we get this wrong, it's, you know, it's It's so how how sensitive is that line and how how many teachers are actually willing to go there? Because people teachers just want their job at the end of the day, you know, they want they do their job. Yeah. They want to be able to learn ideal well for a teacher, all the kids come in sprightly, good background, yeah. you know, boom, boom, boom. Right, like, we can t- educate now. But obviously there's that there's that that line between education and um what's the word I'm looking for? Education. Like and, pastoral and, and, Yeah, yeah, yes. And, and sort of nurturing, you know, actually doing the parents' job. Um, it must be really tough for you guys to, to to bounce between the two.
1: Yeah, and I think the schools are phenomenal at doing that. They mm-hmm. they really are. And obviously they have a close relationship with children's services mm-hmm. um, and the police when needed. Mm-hmm. So it is very much a, ne- a network that works together to support the children. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also sometimes... Um, other parents understanding. So if if there's a child that is going through that, it's not always obviously behavior isn't always because of that. It can be a variety of different reasons, of um, special needs, and you know there's it, it's a it's a huge spectrum. Yeah. But sometimes there'll be a child that is particularly aggressive or um, behaves really badly, and then saying to another parent, "I'm really sorry, this child today has hurt your child," and mm. they uh, and that parent obviously isn't going to like that their mm. child's been hurt at school today. Um, but not obviously being able to say to them, but that child is doing that because they've got a terrible life and this is what's really going on at home. And actually Mm. not again, not always, but they've witnessed domestic violence or, and they, you know, they watch inappropriate things and we're trying to help. You can't say that to that parent. So
0: that's what I mean. The situation that you're put in, how do you, how do you, how do you flick between the two? Is You know, if it was me. I would, you know, not that I would go, that's not my problem, what they ha- happens at home, but it's like, right, you know, the parents need to get a grip, the parents need to, but it's not always the way because, you know, because of, again, society being so different now and so mixed and so diverse. It's a case of your head must be on fire because, like you said, you've got one student that's here and you're trying to compare the two and it's, it's, it's an impossible task, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And I think also it's, it's um, a, a pressure of people because what you want to do and what we do do is sit with that child, nurture them, talk to them, communicate with them, try and be that really positive role model in their life that potentially they're not getting at home. Mm-hmm. But the reality is there are 29 other children in the class that need to be educated or also need that nurture time. Mm-hmm. And there's you. Yeah. And if you could give, uh, you know, every child 10 minutes of your time just to check in with them. How was your day? How was your weekend? Are you OK? Is there any more? You know, it would be incredible. But the reality is because of lack of funding, because of lack of resources, mm-hmm. we are we're, we're strained because we can't we you know, there's 29 other children in that classroom. You can't leave them to educate themselves whilst you're. So it is it is a juggle. It's mm-hmm. a constant, you know, it's, it's spinning plates that that's the reality of it. And then that's not measured So when Ofsted come in, they are, you know, at times there are Ofsted inspectors who are completely understanding of the dynamics of your school. But the reality is, if that child hasn't made enough progress, you're like, yeah, but they're at school and they're safe and they're loved and they're cared for. They feel safe Mm
0: -hmm. and they've
1: made so many social developments that for me, I think, actually outweighs any kind of education for them right now. They're at that moment in time Mm -hmm. because them being safe and cared for and feeling loved is what they need in order to learn. To Without le- that, to they order they to get be- the best
0: out yeah, of them, right? Absolutely. If yeah. they don't
1: feel that, they're not going to learn.
0: And would you say that the uh, the education system is outdated? Does it need a whole revamp, a whole restructure, um, in a way where how we separate, you know, almost, you know, for the best of the student to to be able to manage this, put more layers in there, manage it manage it more efficiently.
1: Um that's a really tricky question mm-hmm. because if I'm honest with you I think education evolves almost too rapidly. Okay. So at, in schools um you run with something and then very quickly the government or whoever decides actually no we're going to do this now. So I think because it evolves too rapidly mm-hmm. it almost backfires sometimes because schools spend a lot of money resourcing for something that that they're going to have to go with and then 5 years later the school, or you know, the government, then say, actually, we're not going to do that now. We're going to do this, which I understand. You know, we do live in a rapidly evolving world, mm-hmm. but when it evolves that rapidly, you're not actually letting something in bed and see the the full on potential of of the impact of whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, it it does evolve very yeah. rapidly. But I think obviously, COVID has played a really big part in in um, children's mental health in schools, um, yeah. and 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 you know that does need to be taken into account now.
0: Welcome to my Mind Over Muscle Festival, hosted by myself, and Middleton. You're in trouble. Now once you go through these gates, there's no going back. Let's do this. With 250 acres to play with and to fill, come along, fill it up and come play with Team Ant. My Mind Over Muscle Festival, hosted by myself, and Middleton, is open to all. Come along, face your fears and unlock your true potential. This festival is open to all abilities. It will be action-packed, fear-defying and a coming together of positive, like-minded people encapsulated with the main ingredient, fun. COVID, um, you mentioned COVID and you mentioned um, the change. How much did COVID have a, uh, say, let's start off with a detrimental impact on the uh, education system.
1: I think... um, How much of a
0: dent did it make in these children coming back? Because you've seen both sides, right?
1: I think educationally, in terms Mm. of, uh, obviously, I'm talking about primary schools. I I don't teach in secondary schools, Mm -hmm. so I I can't really comment on that. But in primary schools, I think, obviously, there has been... um, an effect on their actual education and the knowledge and skills that they've had. Parents tried really hard, a lot of them, and it was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can, I can, I understand that. I'm a qualified teacher, and I found it hard home teaching my children. But I think also in terms of um, behaviour, I think there's been quite a shift in behaviour in, in many schools. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people I know that you know work in all different places in the country have said that behaviour because I, I think. Again, this is my opinion, but I think a lot of it is because parents were working at home and having to educate. And I think a lot of children ended up with a lot of screen time. Um, Parents maybe allowing children to get away with things. I I did because Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I need to work. So, you know, I think, and I think as a result, you're forced into a corner. really. Yeah. And you you don't have options. So, and you need to work. So, and I think as a result, schools are being tested with, with boundaries and with, with behavior. Mm -hmm um and and it's really hard to understand and and see the differences because some children were at school the whole time some children weren't some you know so so the gaps are widening but Mm. now you know we're we're moving on from all that I think I think schools are working really hard to kind of to close that gap um but yeah. it
0: has had a massive impact. Massive, mm-hmm. definitely. It does. Yeah, it has, and you can see it in the children as well. They've almost taken, you know, two steps back to take one step forward. Yeah. It's a case of, you know, playing catch up, like like the whole world is. So, you know, it's it's one of those where, you, again, for the teachers and 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 the the hierarchical structure and the the system itself, you know, you've got your work cut out. But during COVID as well, um, did you find that when the children came back to education that there was a uh, a political change as well. Is is there any sort of political sort of situations or any political views that are being pushed to, pushed on to education as well? You know, whether it's whether it's race, religion, whatever it may be. Um, do you think that a political influence is having its uh, input into schools where maybe it shouldn't?
1: Um, I I don't know really. I think uh, political
0: because it seems to be seeping in everywhere. You talk about politics with the police force. They're like, yes. You talk about politics with uh, the military. It's like, yes. You know, you talk about politics within the, you know, within the education system. It's like, wow, we we weren't being taught that before. or we weren't being made aware of that before. Is it, you know, because this has happened, like you said about they're trying to evolve it and they're they're trying to chuck things at it. And and then all of a sudden it just dies down. It's like... Wow, did, did you re- did we really need to insert that into into kids kids education? Yeah. Did we really need to go through that in order to to, to to what what was the cause of it? And a lot of people were, uh, I know, that are coming back and going, wow, our children were, were spoke about this in you know spoke about this. It's like you know it's it, like you hear about you know children you know. Being told to say sorry, white children, you know, because of the lockdown, because of the riots, it's like, you know, being told to say sorry in, in certain schools because of what, you know what happened years and you know, centuries and centuries ago. Um, just and that's just one political arm to it. You know, we can talk about religion as well, whatever it may be. But um, has that had has that has that played a role within the education system, and does it still play a role right now?
1: I think it's very difficult because the curriculum changes. Um, it's it's hard sometimes to ensure that you have the, the exact correct curriculum knowledge mm-hmm. to deliver it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes children have talk in the playground or they ask you questions in mm-hmm. front of the whole class, and you think, uh, oh, I don't really know how to answer this because I don't have all that give me, knowledge. Give me an example. Give me, me an
0: example. And not um, mention any children, but just give me an example of what the kids will will say and what what you have to deal with as teachers is really important that the viewers and yeah. listeners know that this is this is what we have to deal with, you know. This is, and hopefully they can do something about that at home. So it has that knock on effect.
1: And, and for, well, yeah. And I guess an example is when they watch the news at home mm-hmm. and one parent might tell their child all about the, the news, you know, mm-hmm. Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. as an example. Mm-hmm. One parent might go into loads of detail about that. So that child, which is, is fine, that's their decision. Mm-hmm. So the child will then come back to school and bring it up and mention it to another child who, whose parent potentially doesn't want them to know about that. war. Yeah. So, then you're trying to pacify both families and understand that that child has a lot of knowledge, that child has no knowledge, and they've come together and discussed it, and they're, they're, I don't know, eight years old. Yeah. And then they're on the playground. So actually it's not a supervised conversation. Mm -hmm. So, and then they come back into the classroom and you think, well, this is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's awkward territory because you've got to be careful what you say because Mm -hmm. you could end up telling a child something and their parent does not want them to know that. Mm -hmm. But that child's already told them it. And actually something they've said is incorrect or it's an opinion that their parent has had. Mm -hmm. And they're now not intentionally because they're young, but trying to enforce that opinion. So it is difficult to kind of, get that balance between discussing it not discussing it, getting the facts correct. I yeah. think that's the important part. That yeah. when you're asked about things, making sure what you're saying is factual. Yeah. Then you have to be careful where you've got those facts from.
0: Yeah, of course. Because Absolutely. the media
1: and you know, actually yeah. half the time those facts aren't completely accurate. So Absolutely. it is, it is, it is. But a kids are very
0: influential, aren't they? Yeah. And what about race? Race at school is that is that an issue, especially with what's happened over lockdown with the with the riots and the whole division of you know what what happened. Uh, yeah. What happened during the lockdown? You know, is, is do they is does race play play an issue? Yeah, in I mean,
1: when I when I worked in London, mm-hmm. it, it was it, mm-hmm. it did come up regularly, regularly? Uh, yeah. Wow. And I'd say, um, I worked in a really diverse school, yeah. Um, and it, it did come up regularly, it, you know, I can't play with you because you, yeah. you believe this, I can't, and that's really challenging because actually, but that does exist
0: in the schools. It does, yep.
1: it, it, not in all schools. No, 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 not, but it's, it's not, an issue. Yeah, yeah, like it does. But, but unfortunately, a lot of that is is from their, from their parents. Yeah, absolutely. Them.
0: And from what they see on the media, yeah. like you say, yeah. from what they've, you know, especially during lockdown, were, the schools weren't open. Yeah. So when the riots were happening, when stuff was happening during lockdown, it was gospel for, for, for children because they, you know, they weren't distracted yeah. by school, by clubs, by football club. They were just like seeing how the world worked. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I put actually saying it's absolutely disgusting what's happening on the streets. You know, the violence, it shouldn't be happening. You know, what example are you setting to your children? You know, because the whole world is watching right now. Then They haven't got the distractions of school, the football clubs, the horse riding clubs, the piano lessons. It's like everything is locked down. Your children are absorbing what's happening in the world. Yeah. And that's why I'm so curious on how how that's been brought into the education system. And that's why I mentioned race. That's why I mentioned... um. Uh, religion. That's why yeah. I mention all this because it, it, it is an issue because the kids, are, kids have absorbed it and they, they've taken it they, and they will take it forward in 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 yeah. wherever they go.
1: Schools do work really hard to. Um, make sure the school is an inclusive environment and Mm -hmm. these things are addressed so they'll be addressed um, in a class if it's happening in that class it will be dealt with um, through like a PSHE lesson Mm -hmm. or um, it'll be dealt with in a circle time obviously it depends on their ages If, if you know sometimes it's addressed in an assembly and schools work really hard to try to make children understand that that the world is inclusive and actually it doesn't matter your culture your religion your background we're here together and we are one it's not it work like that right? we're one big family but it doesn't work
0: like that I and guess, and yeah, you guys and, like and, and again this is I'm really on your side I'm trying to get make people realize the job that you have as a teacher isn't just going in and educating our children you have got so many avenues that you have to be aware of sensitive that you have to educate yourself on outside of educating what you know, your degree, yeah, yeah. right? It's a case of, right, I have to be culturally aware. I have to be gender aware. I have to be, you know, physically and psychologically aware of what's going on at home. Is that You've got so much on your plate that we, we as parents and what the media put out and what how we lead by example is so important because primary school, ch- their brains are like sponges. Yeah. They soak it all in. They soak it all up. And it's like... That's, the, that's where they develop their personalities, with, you know, within the ages of seven, nine, you know, that's when they're, boom, they're embedded in, in who they are and then they build on who they are. And I just think it's so important that pe- people are aware of this, that listen and, and watch this podcast, that there's so much we need to do behind the scenes to to take, relieve that stress from you. You know, and it's what you say at home. It's what you show your kids at yeah. home. It's how you lead by example. You know, it's and I talk about, right, this issue, like, Violence, you know. I, I know that's good You talk about London, you know. God, it's, yeah. You talk about knife crime. You talk about kids carrying knives around. Do you do you see that in the schools? Do you see the violence and and and, and the how that's evolved and how that's moving forward? Do you see that in um, coming into schools?
1: I think um, in terms of violence, I, I can't. I can't really comment no. on on violence. It, it's more behaviour.
0: Behaviour, yeah. Aggressive behaviour yeah. potentially.
1: Yeah. I think schools are seeing a lot more of that. Um, I think. A lot of it as well is is to do with um this is my opinion. Yeah, no, of course. But I think that um we're we're in a world now that is quite socially inept. Like we, you know, our children spend a lot of time on screens. They and I think slowly, bit by bit, they're probably becoming de skilled in in conflict resolution. So mm-hmm. when we were young, de-skilled. we used to yep. go out play with our friends there'll be some form of conflict because that's life you talk about it resolve it go home mm-hmm. now i think it's so easy to switch the screen off to ignore people or and i know i think bit by bit children society are becoming de-skilled in communicating um, you know resolving those problems themselves through through talking mm-hmm. so a lot of schools are for example there's um something called restorative practice. So they're trying to teach children to have that conversation. Well, when you did that, when you behaved in that way, that made me feel like this. How did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And kind of resolving those those conflicts through articulating and through conversing. Um, but that, that needs to, that takes time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And maturity.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, then hopefully, in I-, I guess the idea is that an adult... Um, supports that conversation initially mm-hmm. and then bit by bit the adult is withdrawn from that conversation so a year later they'll be able to have that conversation themselves without mm-hmm. an adult leading it yeah um, and that's a fantastic concept but the reality is time and resources in order to enable that conversation and that to happen mm-hmm. and schools don't have that they don't have money they yeah. don't have staff they don't have those resources to enable the children to do that to Why teach Why do you do it skills. then? Why
0: do you teach? You because it's it's it seems like you've you've got the most stressful peer pressured job in the world. Where not only do you have to educate, but you have to almost be be a mother to these children. How, why do you do it? Because it's appealing passion.
1: To it? It's passion. And knowing that you're making a difference to even one child in your whole career. Hopefully there'll be more I can, than that. I can understand. But um, knowing that actually when they come to you, if they are having a really turbulent time at home, they see you, you're a familiar face, you're safe, you love them, you care for them. You're going to make sure that they're looked after in that period of time that they're with you. Mm-hmm. And actually... That's why most teachers do it because they work long hours. It's tiring. It's stressful. You know, most, most people I work with, um, and have worked with work 12 to 14 hours a day, um, weekends, evenings. I think people believe that teachers work, you know, lots of people make jokes. Oh, you only work nine till three. And actually it's completely, you know, completely the opposite of that, Mm. but they do it because of the love of the job because They, they love to be with children. They love to make a difference. They love to see the smiles on their faces, you know, the warmth that they offer you and the way they look at you with admiration and mm. they know that you care for them and that you're a safe place for them and a safe, trusted adult for many children is is what they need in their life. And mm. that's why we do it. But the reality is lots of people are no longer doing it because elements and, and things like that, you know, they I hate to say it, but the reality is it, it doesn't pay a mortgage and it, it doesn't... You know, you need to live. Absolutely. And, and if you're not enjoying life, you only have one, then people are leaving education. And that's not because they've lost their passion necessarily. That's because they're like,
0: it's, they can't this do this it. It's reality. Yeah, they and, can't and, and, do it. I,
1: and it can't be done. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Um, also, um, what can parents do to help teachers? Because we are handing our children, and this is what baffles me, and this is why I make sure that. You know, I've got a good relationship with my teacher. I make sure that I liaise. I make sure I say hello to them when I'm dropping my children off. i make sure if there's a problem, I'll give them a phone call. I'll let them know that, you know, please tell me if my son has done anything, you know, that yeah. that you shouldn't. Because that communication, that relationship is so under, under, um, what the, what's the word I'm looking for? Undervalued? Undervalued, yes. It's so undervalued Um I think that that's, that's almost the pinnacle of handing the, your, your child over and going, right, you know, this is I'm now giving you the responsibility of, you know, my, my sole purpose in life. Yeah. My, my, my purpose in life, you know, my children, my wife, my family, you know, to, to make sure that when I leave this world, that they have the skills and the accolades and, and you know, just the personalities and to, to be able to move forward and get on in life or to survive life. Um, what can parents do better, or to help? Not, to not, not. You should do the t- to help teachers um, across across the board.
1: I think um, communication mm-hmm. is huge. You know that speaking and listening element, actually conversing with them and saying, "How was your day? What have you done today?" I, and I know some children don't give over that information. Mm-hmm. I'll say to my son, "What have you done today?" Nothing, and I'm like, "Well, I know you've had a giant packed day because I've experienced the same day." Yeah. But I think you know, just having that conversation with them, giving them time um reading is such a fundamental skill without reading you, you you don't have a lot so
0: instead of instead of giving them an ipad at night yeah just like sit down with them read them a chapter from a book yeah put them to bed reading instead of yeah 100
1: but i know that that is difficult in a busy world i'm I'm guilty of that too sometimes mm-hmm. thinking i don't have time but it's, it's, it's not it's, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's 10 minutes it's 10 minutes of your, yeah. it, You'll be downstairs scrolling. Listen, we're all guilty of it. I'm yeah. not saying that I sit downstairs sometimes and I'm and I'm like, I could be upstairs. I put my phone yeah, down. I'm yeah. like, right, go upstairs, take the iPad off. Yeah. Right. I'm going to read Let's you a book. Read. Yeah. And or it's almost just, flipping that yeah. mindset of, you know, being able to write, here's a book or, or, or I'm going to start this book off with you. Or I'm going to read you one chapter and read you a small book. Bedtime. Yeah. You Know iPad's gone, iPad's away, and uh, once you break that cycle, which I have done, yeah, I've broken that cycle from iPads to books. Um, at first it's hard, but listen, parenting's hard work, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, what am I gonna do? Just hand it over yeah. to and again? This is what you say to you, yeah, right? You're a parent and a teacher, so you say it's exhausting, but you've got that double pressure on you. Um, so I think it's so important, and I always say to parents, you know, parents, this is where the teaching starts, you know, manners. Making sure they've you know manners, b- respect, um, being able to hold a conversation, you know, looking yeah. looking people in the eye and saying how are you, yeah, yeah. thank you. Then maybe, good morning. Then, yes. Then maybe go yeah. upstairs or go and do what you've got to do. That starts from home, and then yeah. obviously reading, writing. That's all you know, part of the teacher's job. And that 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 is a that is so layered in life that I think we have that disconnect between p- parents and teachers. It's like bang, and it's sort of like teaching here, then reteaching, yeah. teaching them reteaching. It's sort of like a broken system where teachers are so important i'm so glad i've got you on claire because the layer is out of everything in life is probably one of the most important from parent to teacher because we're handing our children over to be taught further yeah and that is such a responsibility that i want to look my teacher in the eye and go yes i'm i'm i'm, I'm willing to relinquish that I'm responsibility i'm with you i'm with you yeah
1: absolutely and you know teachers are skilled They're very skilled. They're professionals. They've got professional A four-year
0: degree. Bloody hell, I I couldn't do that.
1: Yeah, and it is intense. And now, you know, they're doing those degrees and they get themselves into a lot of debt. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, they are skilled and they are trusted and they are... They're there to do that job, but their job is so much bigger, I think, than than people ever realise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, another thing, sorry, going back to what you said no, about please. another thing parents can do. One other really important thing that I've tried to do with my children recently is um, validate their emotion. So when a child is crying or they're sad... I think quite often we're like, oh, stop crying. Like, you mm-hmm. don't need to cry. When actually, probably what they need to hear is, it's okay you're sad. Mm-hmm. I'm sad too sometimes. That's yeah, a normal wh- emotion. Why are
0: you sad? Oh, that's a, it's, okay. yeah. it's normal to be sad. Yeah, I would okay. be sad if I felt like that or if exactly. that happened to me. It's, yeah. And
1: kind of showing them that emotion and validating it, saying, oh, I can see that you're angry. Mm-hmm. I understand. I get angry too sometimes. Yeah. Like, letting mm-hmm. them know that their emotion is actually mm. normal mm. maybe their reaction isn't okay yeah of course you know but actually saying to them that's okay you feel like that mm. I feel like that too sometimes and kind of making it relatable and helping them to deal with those emotions and yeah, that's absolutely. quite a hard shift isn't it to yeah. as a parent because sometimes you're like I can't deal with this meltdown right now because I've you know you're, you're busy life's busy But actually giving them time to say let's talk let's talk about that yeah. let's unpick that emotion and let's try to resolve it together um Brilliant. yeah I mean it is it is a challenge isn't it it is life is
0: yeah
1: challenging <laughs> and I think children do you know your own children push your buttons and it is yeah yeah Well
0: Claire please stay in the education system for as real. long as you can because <laughs> if I could hand my children over to you um it would certainly make my day better and I'd feel relieved knowing that um they're in good hands oh, so keep doing good. what thanks, you're doing um and I've loved this conversation because the podcast is all about how can we move forward? How can we make things better? How can we make the education system better? Well, actually there's so many layers to it, but we can all do our bit. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's it. when it comes to education, it's, it's, it's the most important um, thing and gift that we can give our children and handing it over from a parent to a teacher that should be such a, uh, such a layover or such a crossover where you know the communication and and getting to know your teacher a lot better should be at the forefront of of everything especially a partnership a partnership yeah
1: absolutely there we go and i think one thing that would make a huge difference to a lot of schools is is having those resources having more members of staff to support that because you know uh, this is on a bit of a tangent but go go. energy bills yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but schools are obviously feeling the impact of that as well they're not getting more money for that so that Money has to come from somewhere. And it, quite often in, in schools, that, that's going to be people. Yeah. And skilled people are the best resource a school can have. And if they're losing those people...
0: Skilled people are the best resources absolutely. a school could have.
1: Absolutely. That's
0: the message as well.
1: And and, and unfortunately, budgets are tight, really tight. And yeah. schools are struggling to to maintain, you know, to keep hold of those stuff because of, of budget. So where they can... Yeah. They're, they're lo- and you know and actually, they're incredible. I'm having a
0: common denominator again, you know, with security services, with safeties, you know, with the NHS, with educate. They shouldn't have to worry about budget. No. It's absolutely shocking that I'm hearing about, you know, NHS, budget, um, security services, budget, yeah. um, MOD, budget, um, education, budget. It's like they're the foundations of yeah. any human, of any society, of any country. Yeah. So listen... Um, I think we've got our point across I hope so um, and hopefully this will uh, you know give a few people a kick up the arse especially when it when it trickles from the top down um, from the government yeah. hopefully they go right listen we need to really yeah. invest in our children
1: absolutely they're the future
0: they're the future listen Claire <laughs> thank you very much for coming on yeah, thanks for having it's been me lovely to chat to you yeah. and um, listen go well and uh, you, you teach those children oh, right? I will I shall try <laughs> thank you thank you